Soaring in Health and Wellness is brought to you by Freedom Gate Church, where it is their passion to advance Christ's kingdom and disciple the generations. Freedom Gate is located at 104 Tennis Center Drive, directly behind Pioneer Chevrolet in Marietta, Ohio. And Sunday morning services begin at 10.30 a.m. You'll find more details on the web at freedomgatechurch.net. Soaring in Health and Wellness is also brought to you by Mountaineer Chiropractic, located at 2108 Camden Avenue, Suite D, Parkersburg, West Virginia. For more information, go online to mountaineercairo.com. If you would like to be a sponsor or help support Soaring in Health and Wellness podcast, please go online to eaglewayministry.org and select Patreon page in the top menu bar. Hello, and thank you for listening to Soaring in Health and Wellness with Dr. Stephen Wells. Dr. Wells is a chiropractic physician with a passion to help individuals reach new levels in health and wellness. Dr. Wells has been involved in health and wellness field for over 30 years. Now, Dr. Wells received his Bachelor of Science degree from Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma, with an emphasis in health and exercise science. He received his second Bachelor of Science degree in general sciences, along with his Doctor of Chiropractic degree with honors from Palmer College of Chiropractic in Davenport, Iowa. Soaring in Health and Wellness is a tool to help educate individuals reach new levels in health and wellness and a passion to live with a sense of purpose and vitality. Dr. Wells and his guests, ranging from doctors from all areas of health care to educators, nurses, personal trainers, counselors, and pastors, will discuss and inform you on how to improve in all dimensions of wellness from a biblical worldview perspective with one goal in mind, seeing you soar towards optimal health and wellness. And if you're ready, let's get started with today's program with your host, Dr. Stephen Wells. Good afternoon and welcome to Soaring in Health and Wellness. We're going to change it up today. We're going to have our guest, Joe Chrysalis from the Elite Sports Center, located in Parkersburg, West Virginia, um, basically coming in on the second part of our show today and discussing what he and his brother and several community businesses, families, and individuals came together and actually built in our area to help promote health and wellness for our children. The first part we're basically be discussing as far as the health and wellness issues across different populations and so forth. And as uh, Dr. Han and I had discussed in our previous podcast is that our lifestyle behaviors have a significant impact on our level as far as health and wellness. However, these are factors beyond our control that contribute to our overall wellness and our risk for certain chronic diseases and conditions. And these factors, other than lifestyle choices, are basically, we're talking about as far as our ethnicity, our sex, our age, our family history, uh, the socioeconomic status, basically all these affect our risk of developing diabetes, cancer, cardiovascular disease, obesity, and other conditions. Um, As far as, for example, if we look at men and women, they basically differ in their risk for heart disease, osteoporosis, and certain types of cancers. We look at aging, also can affect the ability to achieve wellness. For instance, the risk of chronic diseases such as heart disease and cancer increases with age. Uh, we look at people with a low socioeconomic status, often have less access to quality health care, and experience higher rates of obesity, heart disease, and drug abuse. And this basically all comes from much, uh, as far as the total fitness awareness by Powers, Dodd, and Jackson. And also the other sources we'll be using today uh, basically is Connect Core Concepts and Health by Enzo Roth at Enzo, Essentials of Physical Activity by Dr. Fritz Schuber, and also Health to Basics by Rebecca Donatelli. Uh, 
But in Hosea 4, 6, it says, My people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. And so if we know the risk factors as far as something that can give us a little bit more predispose us to certain diseases such as heart disease, diabetes, things like that as far as the chronic illnesses, we are better prepared to deal with those um, risk factors and have a better outcome. Uh, the goal basically for everyone, I believe, is to achieve optimal health and wellness. But individual and demographic differences, they can present different special challenges in achieving wellness and also, again, like I said, I believe if we know these differences in the challenges that we face, we can better prepare to decrease these risks. And as the New Army says, basically, is if you know your enemy, it gives you a better chance of defeating your enemy. And if we look at basically as far as um, we know, we all know that we need to exercise, we need to eat healthier, we need to manage stress healthier, and cultivate positive and healthy relationships uh, we need to help protect ourselves from diseases and injuries. And as we discussed earlier, that some of our differences, both as individuals and as members of groups, have important implications for wellness. A lot of these differences are going to be biological. That's determined genetically from our parents, our grandparents, or cultural, which are acquired basically as patterns of behavior through daily interactions with family, community, and society. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring in Joe Christop as far as what he was able and his brother Terry and other partners were able to do for our community to help in that area. A lot of times our health conditions are a function of biology and culture combined. Um, you know, a lot of times you talk about sex and gender. Well, sex basically refers to the biological and physiological characteristics that define men women, intersex people, and then we look at gender, which encompasses basically how people identify themselves and also the roles, their behaviors, their activities, their attributes that a given society considers appropriate for them. But a person's gender is rooted in biology and physiology, but it can also be shaped by how society responds to individuals based on their sex. And a couple examples of these, how sex and gender can be related as far as the characteristics that can affect our wellness include, you know, let's look at the higher rates of smoking and drinking found among men and women, you know, as far as, you know, again, also the lower earnings found among women compared with men doing similar work. Uh, if we look at men are more biologically likely than women to suffer from certain diseases, that could be a sex issue. And then men are less likely to visit their physicians for regular exams. That could be a gender issue. Uh, in general, men have a higher rate of death from injuries, suicide, and homicide, whereas women are basically at greater risk for Alzheimer's disease and depression. But, you know, so we're going to look at these different factors that affect our health. If we look at race and ethnicity uh, among Americans' racial and ethnic groups, striking disparities exist in health and statistics, access to and quality of health care and life expectancy. Ethnic groups basically vary in their traditional diets. And we talked about that with Dr. Hannah last week on our podcast, how different uh, populations uh, can live longer as far as have longer life expectancy based on their diet, um, their work habits, and so forth. So ethnic groups, again, vary in their traditional diets, the fabric of their family, and interpersonal relationships, and their ability and also their attitudes toward tobacco, alcohol, and other drugs, and their health beliefs and practices. 
all those different factors have implications for wellness. If we look at basically at different ethnic groups, such as, let's look at the African-Americans. A lot of times they have the same leading causes of death as the general population, but in general they have a higher infant mortality rate and lower rates of suicide and osteoporosis. Health issues of special concern for African-Americans include high blood pressure, stroke, diabetes, asthma, and obesity. African-American men are significantly higher risk of prostate cancer than men in other groups. If we look at the, the American Indians and Alaskan Natives, have lower death rates from heart disease, stroke, and cancer than the general population, but they have higher rates of early death from causes linked to smoking and alcohol use, and including injuries and cirrhosis. Diabetes is a special concern for this type of group and many other groups. If we look at the Asian Americans, and which basically have lower rates of coronary heart disease and obesity, basically health differences exist among these groups. For example, you know, if you look at the Southeast Asian American men have higher rates of smoking and lung cancer, and Vietnamese American women have higher rates of cervical cancer. Now, if you look at the native Hawaiian and other Pacific Islander Americans, they have a higher overall death rate than the general population and have higher rates of diabetes and asthma. Smoking and obesity are special concerns for this group. If you look at the Latinos, on the average, have lower rates of heart disease, cancer, and suicide than the general population. Areas of concern for this group basically would be gallbladder disease, obesity, diabetes, and lack of health insurance. And you ask yourself pretty much, why are these disparities exist? And the biggest part would be poverty and low educational attainment are key factors. But basically, they're not the underlying ethnic health disparity. But they do, uh, basically, uh, they do affect it, but they're not fully account for the differences. Other things can affect these disparities could be access to appropriate health care, which could be a challenge. Um, if you look at non-white racial or ethnic groups, may live in areas that are medically underserved with fewer sources of high quality or specialty care. You look at language and cultural barriers, uh, along with racism and discrimination, they can also prevent people from receiving inappropriate or appropriate health services. And I'm pretty much getting a lot of this information as far as that we discussed earlier, pretty much from Connect Core Concepts in Health by Ensel Roth and Ensel. Uh, if you look at some other areas that can affect our health and wellness, so if we look at income and education, uh, we're basically, we're going to look at these together because they're closely related. Uh, groups with highest poverty rates and least education have the worst health status. They have higher rates of infant mortality, traumatic injury, violent death, and many diseases, including heart disease, diabetes, tuberculosis, HIV infection, and some cancers. Uh, people with uh, that are related to have low income or low education are more likely to eat poorly, uh, be overweight, smoke, drink, and use drugs. And pretty much they're exposed to more to day-to-day stressors, and also they can have less, less access to health services. Researchers basically have estimated that about 250,000 deaths per year can be attributed to low educational attainment, 175,000 to individual and community poverty, and 120,000 to income inequality. Another factor that can uh, have effect on our health and wellness is disability. Uh, people with disability have activity limitations or need assistance due to physical or mental impairment. It says about one in five people in the United States have some level of disability, 
and they say the rate is rising, especially among younger segments of the population. People with disabilities are more likely to be inactive and overweight, and they report more days of depression than people without disabilities. If you look at another uh, contributing factor to our health or wellness can affect it, it is pretty much our uh, geographic location. Uh, where do we live? Do we live in the city, urban areas, or do we live in, you know, in the rural areas? One in four Americans currently live in rural areas, and people living in rural areas are less likely to be physically inactive, use seatbelts, or obtain screening tests for preventive health care. Uh, they have less access to timely emergency services and much higher rates of some diseases and injury-related deaths from, from people that basically live in urban areas. Uh, Children who live in dangerous neighborhoods, rural or urban, are less likely to play outside and are four times more likely to be overweight than children living in safer areas. Another factor that can actually cause issues as far as having an effect on our health and wellness is basically, again, we talked a little bit about our uh, sexual orientation. Uh, If you look at um, basically research suggests that the LGBT individuals may face health disparities uh, basically, health disparity would be a health difference linked to a social, economic, or environmental disadvantage that adversely affects a group of people uh, due to, uh, you know, as far as if the LGBT individuals may face disparities, it can also be due to discrimination and denial of their civil and human rights. LGBT youth have higher rates of tobacco, alcohol, and other drug use, as well as an elevated risk of suicide. They're more likely to be homeless and are less likely to have health insurance and access to appropriate health care providers and services. Um, you know, our first podcast uh, was with Dr. Fritz Schuber, and again, he had written a book, Essentials of Physical Activity, and it's in its sixth edition. And uh, he enlisted some con- contributors to health or disease, and he kind of broke it off into percentages. And um, if we look at health care, Healthcare represents about 8.5% to health or disease, so forth. Healthcare can be related to the organization and administrators of health services by professionals in our society, uh, involving doctors, nurses, hospitals, clinics, ambulances, and healthcare personnel and facilities. Sometimes, occasionally, you know, this is an area to blame for, you know, possibly the death of a person. Not the fact that doctors, you know, intend to hurt individuals, but again, there are mistakes, there are accidents that do happen. But again, you know, there are those, uh, and it also could be related to a misdiagnosis of a problem, a wrong prescription of medication, or some other neglect or lack of knowledge of a healthcare provider that can relate to uh, the percentage of the 8.5%. Another area that contributes to health to disease can be the environment. It represents 20.3%. Uh, the environment consists of physical environment. It consists of a social, economic, family. can affect our health. Living and working in high polluted areas contribute to high rates of emphysema and lung cancer. Other environmental problems could be stress, toxic materials, transportation, and so on. The third would be genetics. And genetics basically can be pretty much referred to such as genetically inherited traits, conditions, and predispositions, which you mentioned earlier, to diseases. Um, A lot of times they uh, refer to certain innate characteristics such as our age, our race, or again, our ethnicity, our sex, our metabolic rate, body structure, uh, again, 
A lot of times, um, if you look at your history of illness and injury, also falls within this group. Uh, a lot of times, again, uh, suffering from a serious knee injury, okay, uh, maybe in a high school event, maybe basketball or football that you experience, uh, can experience any type of pain in walking and exercise, which in turn may predispose you toward weight gain. So again, the biological and genetic uh, factors, which represent 21.2%, are things that you typically can't change or modify. Again, um, you know, the, a lot of times the basic cell structure and characteristics are determined by heredity. A lot of times if you uh, go in and you fill out paperwork uh, before you go to your doctor's visit, a lot of times new patient visits will have uh, paper that they need to fill out, questions consisting of family history. And a lot of times the doctor can look at the different histories, you know, and see what you may predispose you to certain illnesses. So that's important to a doctor. Uh, a lot of times the next tendency, you know, a lot of times heredity uh, can lead towards, again, like we said, heart disease, cancer, hemophilia, sickle cell anemia, diabetes, certain other types of diseases may present at birth. However, heredity alone rarely causes the disease. Usually the tendency interacting with an individual's lifestyle and environment can delay or hasten the prospects of the disease. Let me go to that with you one more time. Heredity alone rarely causes the disease. Usually, the tendency interacting with an individual's lifestyle and environment can delay or hasten the prospects of the disease. And again, this is from Dr. Fitzhuber, Essentials of Physical Activity. Uh, another contributor that he basically mentions is lifestyle. And we talked with Dr. Hannah. Actually, we had two. We had a part one. We had a tar- part two uh, on lifestyle choices and lifestyle behaviors and their effects on our body as well as our well-being. But lifestyle alone represents 50.3%. All right. So if you look at lifestyle alone, representing 50.3% of the contributors to health or disease compared to, again, healthcare, 8.5%, environment, 20.3%, genetics, 21.2%, but lifestyle, 50.3%. And this is the way we live, influences our health, and can be a major cause of our own disease and death. That's why we spend a lot of time on lifestyle. Again, lifestyle involves our total behavior. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 52 weeks a year. The number of sleeping hours, the food we consume, the fluids we drink, the type of work we do, relationships we have with others, leisure time activities, and all the other aspects of living reflect our individual lifestyle. Uh, If you look at Rebecca Donatelli in her book, Health the Basics. Again, she can, uh, basically says social factors all right, can contribute to our health and wellness. Uh, such as social determinants of our health refer to our social factors, including physical conditions and the environment, which we people, basically, which we are born and live in. All right. Uh, examples of social factors can include availability of educational and job opportunities, living wages, Availability of healthy, healthful foods, the amount of exposure to crime, violence, 
Any type of social disorder can influence our amount of social support, exposure to mass media, and emerging technologies, availability of transportation options, again, socioeconomic conditions, uh, such as a concentrated poverty level. If we look at some physical conditions, okay, including the natural environment, we look at basically the plants, the weather, climate change, look at the state of buildings that are that our, our buildings are in, our homes, our work sites, schools, neighborhoods, again, recreational settings, uh, the amount of exposure to toxic substances. Um, basically, again, uh, especially with people with disabilities or presence with physical barriers, barriers, uh, aesthetic elements like good lighting, trees, or benches. Again, the presence of physical barriers, especially with people with disabilities, also... Aesthetic elements like good lighting, trees, and benches, which you just mentioned, as far as having an impact on our health and wellness. These factors influence who you have as friends, co-workers, who your eventual partner or spouse will be, how safe and secure you are while you're basically at home in your community and on your job. Another factor that can influence our health and wellness is economic factors that we look at. Um, among the most powerful of all determinants of health in your social environment are the economic factors. Basically, if we look at what R. Wilkinson and M. Marmot basically had mentioned in social determinants of health, they had said people who are in lower socioeconomic brackets have substantially shorter life expectancies and more illness than people who are wealthy. Again, people who are in lower socioeconomic brackets have substantially shorter life expectancies and more illness than people who are wealthy. Again, that's by Wilkinson and Marmot, uh, Social Determinants of Health. Uh, If you look at economic disadvantages, exert their effects on human health within nearly all domains of life. And again, Dr. Hannah and I had mentioned, as well as Dr. Huber, that basically financial you know, issues can affect our health as far as the food we eat. Uh, if we're able to, you know, join maybe a health club or, a, you know, an activity, it's like that, all takes money. Uh, but if we look at some of these issues as far as the economic disadvantage, they include the following. Basically, we look at lacking access to quality education from early childhood throughout adulthood. Living in poor housing with potential exposure to asbestos, lead, dust mites, rodents, other pests. Inadequate sanitation, tap water that's not safe to drink, high levels of crime, uh, being unable to pay for nourishing food, which I mentioned earlier, warm clothes, dirty shoes, uh, heat and other utilities, medications, medical supplies, transportation, counseling services, fitness classes, and again, basically having insecure employment or being stuck in a low-paying job with few benefits, have few assets to fall back on, and in case of illness or injury, those are all basically some economic disadvantages to our health and wellness. Other issues that you can look at is pretty much the built environment. Uh, That's basically anything that's created or modified by human beings, basically buildings or roads, recreation areas or transportation systems to electrical transmission lines and communication cables. Uh, If you look at an article by Fang, Glass, Sirio, Stewart, and Schwartz, the built environment obesity, they say researchers in public health have increasingly been promoting changes to the built environment that can improve the health of community members. Um, For example, I tell you what, if you look at 
Walter Willett of the Harvard School of Public Health proposes that sidewalks and bike lanes be part of every federally funded road project. Again, you can see that in Willett and Underwood, Come of the Heart, in Newsweek, February 5, 2010 edition. He asserts that when sidewalks are built in neighborhoods and downtowns, people are more apt to start walking and slimming down. Similarly, when a supermarket selling fresh produce replaces side-by-side fast food outlets in an inner-city neighborhood, residents' dietary choices are improved. Simple changes in community environments can make a difference by enabling you to make better choices. And that is one reason that we're going to have Joe Crispet on our show today. And it's basically, it's, he's going to discuss and answer questions on what he and his brother Terry, as well as members of our community, consisting of businesses, families, individuals, came together and were able to do. So I can't wait till we actually talk to Joe. So that'll be the second part of our show today. Uh, if we look at some other factors that can affect our health and wellness, we look at pollutants, infectious agents, uh, basically the quality of air we breathe. You know, our land, the water, the foods. When individuals and communities are exposed to toxins, radiation, irritants, and infectious agents via the environment, they can suffer significant harm. Uh, These effects are not necessarily limited to the local community, but again, with the rise of global travel and commerce, the health status of our region can affect the health of people around the world. Uh, Another issue, which you probably may would guess or not guess, is pretty much our policymaking. Public policies and interventions can have a powerful and positive effect on the health of individuals and communities. Again, policies that ban smoking, laws mandating seat belts used in motor vehicles, helmets for bike and motorcycles, policies requiring you be vaccinated before enrolling in classes, are laws that make drinking and driving or cell phone use while driving illegal. Health policies basically serve a key role in protecting public health and motivating individuals and communities to change. You can look at health services being a factor of our health and wellness, the health of individuals and communities. Can also be determined by access to quality health care, including not only services of health care providers, but also community services such as counseling or mental health services and ports. Uh, having access to accurate, relevant health information. Uh, if uh, when individuals do not have health insurance, they may delay going to the doctor for regular preventive care. If they're sick, diseases may not be diagnosed until they are advanced, reducing the chance of recovery and leading to higher rates of hospitalization, longer stays, and more costly health care than those who have insurance and get treated in earlier stages of disease. And you can find us on Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, uh, CDC Health Disparities and Inequalities Report. Um, So basically, access to health services is pretty much affected by the economics, public policies, and health insurance legislation. But I tell you what, before we go for our break and thank our sponsors. I just want to again remind you that uh, in the next segment of our podcast show today, we'll be discussing uh, what Joe Crislip and his brother, as well as several community members were able to do to make our valley a better place. Soaring in health and wellness is brought to you by Freedom Gate Church. 
where it is their passion to advance Christ's kingdom and disciple the generations. Freedom Gate is located at 104 Tennis Center Drive, directly behind Pioneer Chevrolet in Marietta, Ohio. And Sunday morning services begin at 1030 a.m. Now find more details on the web at freedomgatechurch.net. Soaring in Health and Wellness is also brought to you by Mountaineer Chiropractic, located at 2108 Camden Avenue, Suite D, Parkersburg, West Virginia. For more information, go online to mountaineercairo.com. If you would like to be a sponsor or help support Soaring in Health and Wellness podcast, please go online to eaglewayministries.org and select Patreon page in the top menu bar. Welcome back to Soaring in Health and Wellness. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to go over an article basically that was found in healthycommunitieshealthyfuture.org. And it's basically, uh, it's pretty much how did we get here? And we had talked to Dr. Hannah last week in regards to as far as our overall health, lifestyle choice, and so forth. But in this article, it talks about the latest research shows that the environments in which we live and the public policies that local leaders enact directly impact the foods our children eat and how much physical activity they get. When schools have healthy foods and beverages in their cafeterias and vending machines, students eat better. When communities have parks and bike trails in their neighborhoods and vigorous physical education programs in their schools, children are more active. When neighborhoods have supermarkets and farmers markets that sell affordable healthy foods, families eat more nutritiously. But when communities are dominated by fast food chains with few places to play, our children eat worse and are less active, and their health suffers. Schools have reduced the amount of time students spend in gym class, and after-school sports have been cut or significantly reduced. Children and youth ages from 8 to 18 spend an average of more than 7.5 hours each day using entertainment media, including TV, computers, video games, cell phones, and movies, and only one-third of high school students get the recommended levels of physical activity. It says also if trends continue, we will see a 42% obesity rate in this country among adults, and future trends in childhood obesity prevalence will have a major impact on adult obesity prevalence. We had talked last week uh, with Dr. Hannah, and basically we had discussed as far as the obesity rate for West Virginia is close to 37, 38 percent. In 1990, the obesity rate was 13 percent, so you can see a major increase in the obesity rate during that time. Also, uh, West Virginia leads the nation in uh, number one as far as diabetes, obesity. And today's guest is Joe Chrislip. And we're going to have Joe uh, tell us a little bit about himself. So Joe, welcome to the program. Well, thanks for the invitation to be here today. I tell you, as far as um, your background, um, your background was basically in education, I believe, as far as uh, coaching, as far as athletic director. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, um, I'm a Southsider. I grew grew up in Parkersburg. Um, Went to Rayon and Guyon Elementaries, went on to Franklin Junior High, and graduated from Parkersburg South in 1976. Went to Kent State University my first year to play football. Uh, ended up transferring to Glenville State College my last three years and got my bachelor's degree and uh, played golf collegiately there for the three years. And then I got my master's degree much later in life uh, from West Virginia University to be an administrator, to be a principal at Parksburg South. And I was at uh, Inwood County Schools for 31 years, retired in 2015. I taught at or was athletic director at South for 24 of those years, and I finished my last seven years at Wood County Technical Center. And uh, just had a great time, loved my time at Parksburg South, and uh, it was just a wonderful thing. And so it's nice being involved where I grew up. Right. And you said you were, did you, were you a coach, and what sports did you coach? 
Uh, well, I started out coaching football and basketball, mm-hmm. and I also helped coach Steve Wiseman with a softball team. And then as I got older, I settled in just to one sport, and that was basketball, which was my first love. And I was the assistant coach for 10 years with Coach Larry Edwards, and then I was the head coach for 10 years also. Well, as far as your, uh, your background and your, um, your history and so forth, can you relate to the, the statistics that we just talked about as far as the obesity, as far as kids, uh, children, as far as, um, because they say as far as the after-school programs have been cut down, as far as, um, you know, that if there's any after-school programs, and also as far as the health in general, as far as the athlete or actually the, the student. Well, it just seems that the kids aren't as active as what they used to be 20 years ago or even 10 years ago. With all the technology that we have now, kids have the computers, games, and things that they can play on. So we try at Elite Sports Center to try to get people active as much as we can with a lot of different programs that we offer. And uh, it is a problem. I'm glad that your program is bringing this awareness to people that we have to find a way to battle this problem of obesity in our state. And uh, hopefully this knowledge will help people find ways to correct it. I tell you what, uh, the big, one of the biggest reasons I brought you on the programs like that is uh, basically what you and your brother were able to do in a community. Uh, before I went to chiropractic school, I was pretty much involved in health clubs, selling memberships, putting people in exercise programs, and so forth. And I, in all the years that I've been involved in the health field and wellness, over 30 years, I have never seen a program come together by community members and actually build what you built. Can you give us a little bit of the history of the Elite Sports Center and how that came about? Well, the the history of the Elite is really a pretty neat story. Uh, my brother and I had talked together for a while. He had retired, and I was getting towards the end of my uh, teaching career and coaching career, and I was wondering, we wanted to do something else, and we thought, well, we love we both love basketball, and we love kids. So it said, let's start a uh, a group or a company where we can train kids in basketball. And so we created Crystal Sports Academy. We operated out of Lubeck Community Baptist Church. They were kind enough to let us use their gym out there. And we did that for a year or so. And we decided we want to try to build where the old classic golf course was, a little nine-hole course. Everybody from the Mid-High Valley is aware of the course that was there. And But the new road came through. And so the state took over the golf course and built the road. But the piece of land where Elite Sports Center sets today was – left in Terry's and another group's ownership. And uh, to make a long story short, uh, we were wanting to build a basketball facility. There was another group that wanted to build a soccer facility. And Mayor Bob Newell at the time knew of both of our groups, and so he set up a meeting between the two of us. Mm -hmm. And that group was led by a gentleman who's our president today, Bart Beckley, and along with Dr. McElroy and Dr. Gotze. And we met, and after about, I'm going to say, a year, year and a half of meetings and discussions, uh, we came up with the Elite Sports Center. Well, I tell you what, uh, just for future reference, Dr. McElroy will be a guest of ours on our, our podcast, so it'll be great to talk to Dr. McElroy. Um, we had talked earlier before we started the program as far as back in 2008 when you all came up with the idea of building the Elite Sports Center, the economy, it's like that, wasn't at its best. So how was, and you had given a lot of, praise to your brother Terry. So again, if you can kind of explain to me a little bit about Terry, what his background was, and how he was able to go to these communities, and also how many community family members and individuals actually came together to build this, because this is something that was not built by a, a major 
organizations such as the Bally's, um, you know, it wasn't built, but anyway, but it was consists of individuals and families and business owners coming together as one and building this facility. Can you give us a little bit of information about that? Yeah. Uh, Terry, my brother, was a salesman as a career. He worked for a company called NCR, and he was very successful at it. Uh, he was able to retire at a relatively young age. And uh, when we got this idea of training kids and then when we met with Bart Beckley's group uh, this vision of the Elite Sports Center Terry was really really sold on because he just really wants to help others and help kids and so he got in his mind that uh, we were going to make this happen and through his knowledge of sharing this vision with people because again like you said the economy was not very good back then and to get people to invest uh, but he always said that, you know, even in hard times, people invest in their kids. And he, w- he found out, he proved that that was mm-hmm. true. And uh, we end up coming up, I think we have 85 owners now. Uh, none of those owners care if they make money or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about investing in the kids and, uh, in, and the adults also. As you see all the programs that we have mm-hmm. down there for adults, too. And so it's really a neat thing that, that we have so many caring people in the Mid-Ohio Valley who wanted to build something to help others, not just because they wanted to make money for themselves. Right. Well, I tell you what, uh, like I said, the Elite Sports Center is great. Um, I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to basically give me your best answer, okay, as far as what distinguishes the Elite Sports Center from other health clubs in the area. Well, it's very simple. It's all about family. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about uh, keeping the family together. We encourage when we build it. Um, not only do we have two basketball courts inside along with a soccer field, but we also have a free weight room downstairs plus universal machines upstairs. And we have treadmills. We have ellipticals. We have bikes. And so when we build it, we encourage it kind of like what your family did, that while your sons and daughter were out on the gym floor, mm-hmm you or your wife might be up on a treadmill or a bike or whatever. And so we, that's what we encourage to get the family involved. Whereas I think a lot of the other facilities in the area are more geared towards the adults and not really the little kids. I tell you what, there's been many times, you know, I'm, I'm there quite often, it's like that, and all the different programs that you offer, it's like that, and the instruction and so forth. We had talked also earlier that, that you basically, you kind of go after the, the child like that, that may have been cut from his basketball team, but you and Terry – and your nephew Brian basically do a lot of instructing, uh, tr- um, instruction for these kids. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, uh, Brian joined us shortly after we opened, and so it's such a blessing to have him there with us. Also, we feel like we're a family-run business, and uh, we do Terry, Brian, and myself, and we have a new young man, Zach Grossenbacher, who's with us now. Also, that we offer training in the, in the sport of basketball, and there's information on our website about how to get involved with that or they can just uh, call any of us and we can take care of them Uh, but we do offer that and uh, it's opportunities are there we'll be glad to help people any way we can good i tell you you know um, in in the the address to your website is www.theelitesportscenter.com okay and as i went on to your website and so forth um the opening sentence like that says the elite sports center we believe some of the best lessons in life can be learned through sports you know you've been a coach you've been an athletic director now you are a one of the directors and um, major components of the elite sports center can you elaborate on that philosophy as far as oh definitely sports teach so many things to so many people it teaches you teamwork it teaches you how to handle things when things aren't going well uh just 
life lessons is exactly what happens in sports. And so if we can get every kid involved on a team of some kind, like you said, uh, we try to do winter leagues for the kids who don't make their school teams. Mm -hmm. And those kids have a blast. And we try to make it big time for them and, and just to give them the best instruction they can have. And I still remember we had a basketball camp at South that we started calling preparing for the future. And I have kids still to this day who come to me who are now in their thirties or even forties that it's so many years ago that we did it that they said that was some of their fondest memories was from the years ago in that camp that they did in the summertime at Parkersburg South with us. And that's what we try to do with our camps today to make these a great time for these kids. And we try and encourage them to hopefully then make their school team the following year. And we've had a lot of success mm -hmm. stories of where things like that have happened. I tell you what, you know, the thing is, but you, you all don't just do basketball. There's other things available there for children and families and so forth. Uh, as far as the different types of exercise programs, uh, do, what do you have there to offer for, for families, elderly, children, um, and so forth? Well, the, the elderly, we have the silver sneakers program and, uh, they meet Monday through Thursday and, uh, the times are on our website if they want to see the exact times. If they, and that's for the older of us, people like my age and up. And uh, they do a great job with that program. It's a nationally known program. And uh, they can also get that paid through their insurance if they uh, have the right insurance for mm -hmm. it. So that's one thing for the elderly. Uh, I know you have uh, Temple Challenge guests coming up here in the future. And that's something that's really awesome is getting people involved. That's mainly towards adults. But Stacy actually also has a one for the kids that now meets on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So a lot of programs there that they can get involved for health in that area. And then we also have all of our sports events that we offer. We have soccer programs that they can get their kids involved. And of course our basketball, and we're still trying to grow volleyball. Mm -hmm. That's, we haven't, that's one area we haven't gotten into yet, but we're still looking into that and trying to come up with a plan to help volleyball. I think you also, do you all have anything like such as a family night or adult night? I mean, I think I remember as far as, especially with the volleyball type deal, as far as, uh, did you have any leagues as far as that goes? I know you said you started trying to get that worked up a little bit better, but, uh, I thought maybe it, sometimes you've actually had spouses actually get together type deal and actually had the volleyball maybe. Well, there was a group that came in and, and uh, had volleyball tournaments mm -hmm. where it was husband, wives, oh, yeah. and different things. And they would actually, it was crazy. They'd come in and start at 10 at night and finish at 6 in the morning. Right. And we said, what times? And they said, yeah, that's when we, like, when we do it. So, I thought I remember that. Yeah. Um, as far as now, are you able to, uh, able to rent out your facility as far as for uh, – you know, as far as any type of birthdays, um, other activities that are involved as far as this Elite Sports Center. Yes. Uh, our building, we do have opportunities to rent it if you need to do it. The birthday party is a, always a big success for all the kids that come in for the parties. Uh, they have the access to go out there and either use a basketball court or our soccer field. And then we have our birthday room where they can come in and have their cake and open their presents. And everybody who's come has really, really enjoyed it. And so... Uh, we do rent it for birthday parties. We have people who rent it. Our biggest event is the bridal show that happens every year. Mm -hmm. And then we have the local gymnastic, Gymnix Gymnastics. They use our facility for to host their home event. And then they've hosted the state gymnastic event at our place also. It's been a great venue for the gymnastics. Uh, we've had a circus there. We've had a boxing match there. We had a roller derby event there with the women. And <laughs> I don't know how they keep score, but it was fun watching them. So so our, our place has been used for a lot of different things. Well, I tell you what, um, as far as, again, basically as far as if, if somebody wanted to get more information like that about your programs, about your memberships that you do offer, uh, how would they be able to contact you, Terry, Brian, 
so forth. Well, again, they can visit our website or uh, they can just call down the fr- front desk uh, anytime. It's 304-485-8433, and our front desk can help them with anything they may need. And uh, we'd love to have more people. At least, And like I'd mentioned uh, to you when we were talking one other time, that we've been there now for nine years. And you think everybody at least been there, but there's so many people in this valley who still haven't been to the Elite Sports Center. So we'd like to see people come check us out and see what we have to offer. I tell you what, I think you guys hit it no around the head. Um, you know, if your priority is the children's like that, you can't go wrong with that program. And I tell you, you know, if, and for you all to be around for the past nine years, and it seemed like it's just, I mean, there's times when I go there, so forth, the activities, especially in the, in the winter, uh, you have wrestling programs. I mean, there's kids all over the place so like i said um it's 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 a great facility um i basically am a member there at the elite um they have all the equipment that i could ever use ever need and so forth and it's definitely made a change in my life but also i see what actually goes on there with uh, you know stacy hauser and the way she does her temple challenge uh the passion and the love that she has for her clients is unbelievable it's like that and that's probably why she's as big as she is as far as uh, Temple Challenge. Um, as far as in closing, is there anything that you may be able to tell someone like that that may be listening to our program as far as what they can do to kind of help? Or, you know, the, the goal of the program, Soaring Health and Wellness, is to help people reach newer levels in health and wellness. So is there anything you can maybe give advice to them? Sure. It's kind of like uh, Stacy came up with a saying, that, I think it said, day one or one day. And we always say, one day I'm going to do it. I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to start. And I like that. And it, let's make it day one. Let's, let's get started. Let's get something going. Uh, let's get your family involved. Let's get you involved. And come down, check Elite Sports Center out, and just see what we have. And let's make it day one where you do get involved. Well, I tell you what. Well, again, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day as far as to um – you know, again, I know you're, you got a busy day, busy schedule, so forth, and I appreciate you coming in and as being a guest. And um, I see you almost every day, so I definitely see you in the future. Uh, but also, I want to kind of promote a little bit as far as our next week's guest will be actually Stacy Hauser. And Stacy Hauser basically has a program called Temple Challenge. And I tell you what, um, if you could just see Stacy and the way she works with her clients and the people that attend Temple Challenge, she was a very special lady, and I can't wait to have her on our program. But again, I want to thank Joe Chrislip, his brother Terry, and Brian, and all the community supporters and members of the Elite Sports Center for bringing the Elite to the Mid-High Valley and making a difference in our children's lives. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Soaring in Health and Wellness with Dr. Stephen Wells and his guest. We would like to thank our sponsors, Freedom Gate Church, where it is their passion to advance Christ's kingdom and disciple the generations. Find more details on the web at freedomgatechurch.net. We would also like to thank Mountaineer Chiropractic. For more information, go online to mountaineerchiro.com. Now, if you would like to be a sponsor or help support Soaring in Health and Wellness podcast, Please go to the web at eaglesawayministries.org and select the Patreon page in the top menu bar. Now, if you or your business or church would like Dr. Stephen Wells to speak at your church, special event, or conference, please go online to eaglesawayministries.org and select contact on the menu bar or send an email to eaglesawayministries at gmail.com or call 304-485-6589. 
Until next time, think of Isaiah 40, verses 29 through 31. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint.